I got the results course a couple of days before so that we could, you know, practice our scripts and our pronunciation and, and all that sort of thing for the, the awards dinner. Um, you told me. And so I had to suppress a big shit-eating grin for two days <laughs> every time I saw somebody, you know. So, hey, Prof, uh, giving away anything? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I don't know. I haven't got the uh, – I don't get the results oh. until, you know, five minutes before. Very impressive. <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, our regular wrap-up of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views, and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt Washerdam-Hans-Kierkegaard, and Claire <laughs> Washerdam-Hans-Burnett. Hey, We're it, in it, trouble. It could almost be lucky I'm not still in Melbourne, uh, Kierkegaard. Oh, Nearly you stuck in Melbourne, in time, didn't you? Just you flew out yeah. uh, 7 o'clock. I did notice a, a Facebook post that, um, now, is this cash for comment, or did you just happen to be flying out with the guys from Rowling's Label Stickers and Packaging, Matt? Or was that pre-planned? Were they, you weren't on their tab, were you? No, absolutely not. I was just sitting, had the headphones in, you know, about to close the eyes. I'd had a long session at Gab's. Um, uh, not, I was very... Oh, oh wait, mm-hmm. well, listeners... Long as in he stood at the bolter stand for a long time. It's not like he was walking around. Oh, chatting is that with what everybody. you were doing all week while I was slogging away? Oh, like, I see. Well, this was just Friday, you know, the first oh, session of Gabs. And just to, you know, let people in on a little bit of a secret because, um, you know, you go into Gabs and Friday, the first session is all industry and trade. And, you know, I, I walked in with two uh, members of the industry, straight away ran into another gaggle of members of the industry. It was 45 to 50 minutes before I could even extricate myself to go and have a beer Um, because you're just constantly talking to people, um, which is great, but you also want to have a beer. Um, And so I have this (laughs) technique of skirting around. Once you extricate yourself, skirt around the outside. On the corner. Yeah, and (laughs) sort of... There was the bolter. Um, actually, Scotty Hargraves was there. Um, they had their pilsner on. Um, <laughs> their, their, I think their checkmate you. pills. Um, so I went and had one of those, had a quick chat to Scotty. Check yourself pills. Check yourself, that's it? Yeah, checkmate is uh, batch brewing. It's that's, got okay, checkmate yes. pilsner. Thank Just you. For, you know, thanks for James Amon. <laughs> Any pilsner questions? 1-800-Pete Mitchum. Um, uh, but yeah, and, and so I had a quick chat to Scott. But then when you – I stood off to the side of the um, bolter stand, so I wasn't sort of standing in the middle of it. And gradually, everyone edit, you know, everyone eddies past you in a much more manageable way. So you rather than just sort of having a constant, you know, elevator conversation with people who are coming past at force near the doorway. And we're not giving anything away, listeners, to suggest that you know, Matt does tend to literally and figuratively um, stick his head above the parapet. So if you did <laughs> want to catch up with Matt, he's one of the easiest blokes to find. <laughs> well, I'm a bit tall. But then again, I'm also deaf in one ear. So it, like, it's a challenge having multi-person conversations in a busy room. So Bolter just happened to be up the far end of the room. Um, and I had you know some really good chats as people came past. We met the... Um, the, the steppies um, for the first time properly um, in their grandeur. Uh, Daniel Reed, a listener. Yeah, you Kalani, might Kalani Fuller. Kalani Fuller. Kalani, yeah. Uh, Fuller, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, from the uh, Wearing Claire their Burnett T-shirts, Wearing their T-shirts. Um, yep. Yeah, and then... Great picture. Had a great chat with Pete Meddings, um, Stirls from uh, Bolter, you know, just... Uh, so, yes. So, anyway, um, 
that answers Friday afternoon session of Gabs in Melbourne is <laughs> something truly to behold because you've you've got everyone left over from the usually the AIBAs they'll they'll sneak one session in and then everyone kind of flies out um, between the between the two sessions so it's a great opportunity to catch up with not just the brewers because they're, they're around but industry people um, people like you know the convoy crew or the the keg star crew the cryo malt the bintani guys like you say everyone it's just a great opportunity to um, without the hub of, of the aiba's presentation dinner um, and that noise and, and that level where and everyone's you know sort of grabbing their trophies and heading off to the after party it's a little bit more sort of a, the after after party so it's a it's a it's a great it's a really great vibe that's cool it is, but uh, you know, back to back to the um, the Rallings guys. Yeah, so I, I just found my seat on the aisle, um, ready to kick back, close my eyes, and suddenly there's this tap on the shoulder, and I couldn't believe it was. Uh, were they there on the? Oh, yeah, that's I, haven't you seen yeah, 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 in front of me. They, oh, they no, were sitting I didn't a row in front of me, yeah. so there's a cheesy photo of me sticking my head between the seats with a <laughs> selfie with the uh, Rallings guys. Brilliant. Yeah. Did you apologise to the boys? Didn't you? <laughs> yeah. I got I got pulled up by the boys and said, oh, "Look, Matt, you did really well, but." You're not allowed to have holidays anymore, Prof. What do you, what do you mean? He goes, <laughs> okay, every okay. single time. He, he did the ad beautifully, but then at the end, rallings, packing, stickers and stickerings. Oh. <laughs> Get it easier, mate. Just, everyone knows you as rallings. rallings. Yeah, you it's don't need to say the whole thing, surely. <laughs> <laughs> so now I applaud, yeah. Like Madonna or Cher. The, the boys, yeah. <laughs> everyone the boys knows had them. a lovely <laughs> night at the AIBAs and were reasonably well Good refreshed. Point. So Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. So that sounded like a bloody good time. Um, it was a good week. Yeah. yeah. No, it could be a week. It, look, it, it was a really interesting week. I think I talked a little bit about it last week that it was, um, it, it, it seemed for all of the events, the when you stepped outside of the industry component of it, the industry was just so happy to be together as an industry and celebrating and out doing things. But then from a consumer point of view I just it just seemed to not really have a huge presence in Melbourne and I mean Melbourne is an event city Um, but yeah I just have noticed past years whether you've seen more of the um, street posters and things like yeah and I think yeah uh, stickers on participating venues um, and this year yeah because I I got to wander around the city a little bit and I thought I'm going to look at through Matt Kierkegaard's eyes, because you you did point it out to us, and you 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 are right up to a point. I think once you get outside of um, you know the Crime Alt Trade Hub and and Fed Square and you know the Fed, Fed Square precinct there, and, and specifically Beer Deluxe, mm. there wasn't the the, the tram stop posters or uh, look. I, I don't know that we've ever really sort of had billboards or or anything like that, but it's certainly a long way off. Um, for example, the Melbourne Comedy Festival, which incidentally is one of the biggest comedy festivals in the world, apparently. Yeah, yeah, um, and so we're a long way off off that um, in terms of that public, and, and I guess it's probably aimed at a different audience. Um, you tend to get the broader demographic is certainly Gabs, and I think Gabs has established that that database already so they're they're already tuned in and they've got their tickets and in some cases i spoke to a listener and facebook group member sarah gall um who was saying yeah she's been sitting on i think four hundred dollars worth of tickets for two years and so she was just wrapped to be able to get to get to gab she was going no matter what um and so i think there 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 is there are a lot of people like that and and gab's interestingly too um through the the gab's academy stage we really noticed lots and lots of first timers. So I think that's that's a win for for, for Gabs and in uh, follow on for for Good Beer Week. 
But I think for the rest of Good Beer Week, and, and certainly my social media feeds tended to be clogged, well, not clogged, um, busy with uh, people who I already knew who were already engaged, who were, who were pro, you know, saying that they were at, at various events. That, so I think social media probably is, Good Beer Week relies more on social media, whereas I think Gabs is now uh, probably re- reaching out to a broader audience. It, well, yeah, and, and you know, I would have loved to have seen the Saturday sessions at Gabs because Friday has always been the industry day, but it was still a really broad cross-section of people at the Gab session that I was at on Friday. Um, but again, yeah, look, at you know, it, it, it's one of those things, you know, is Good Beer Week celebrating, you know, the good beer and really high-end activations and interesting stuff for people who are already into good beer, or is it reaching out to that next consumer or you know um which is given that it's owned by the iba and it's part of the iba's outreach program is arguably something that should be a focus for it because um you know people are already drinking indie beer and good beer and you know going to the black hearts and sparrows and going to the stomping grounds and um you know the tap houses yeah i think i think you're gonna make a good point and my observation would be good beer week overall is starting to reach outside the craft bubble a little bit into the beer bubble. Okay. But Gabs is for the first time this year, I really noticed and it was, and it was palpable that it was reaching outside of the beer uh, bubble. Mm. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. So there was, there was cider, there was uh, two or three non-alcoholic stands. How well attended were they Pete? Cause I, I as I said, I, I didn't get around to see the full floor, but um... I, I get, I get pretty much stuck down in the, in the back corner. Um, for for most of of Gab, so other than rank, you know, going down to tea up brewers to to come on stage, uh, I didn't really sort of um, I didn't visit half the number of stands that I that I sort of hoped to. So I I don't know, but the the numbers will be interesting in terms of um, you know, I guess what the, the pull through. So what what they what they actually sold um, would tell that tale. But um, it, just interesting that they were that they were there. Yep, and. Great to, to be out trialing new product. Yeah, exactly. And as uh, and that that made me think that Gabs has uh, stepped out of the the craft beer bubble. Maybe after year three or four was was when I noticed that that we really started getting more of the non crafty, like the real you know rusted on uh, the beer nerd crowd, and into the um, I'm interested in craft, but I don't really know a lot about it. I think this year really made me realise that it's stepped out again um, out of the beer altogether because there were lots of people there who were um, really interested in, in trying different things and including, as I say, you know, the seltzers and, and that sort of thing. So there we go. Cool. No one who is keeping an eye on the industry can have missed what's been going on in the US um, over the last week and a, and a half. Um, and yesterday... There was a statement from the Independent Brewers Association. It, it, it's been an interesting one for us to discuss here um, because the as an industry site, there's been a lot coming out of the US, but there hasn't been a lot um, in, in Australia um, coming through that has reported on. In the last couple of days, Crafty, um, the, the Crafty Pint has had some very powerful uh, articles um, that they've written. Um, the Independent Brewers Association came out with a very positive statement yesterday, um, nailing their colours to the mast. Um, you, know, it, you know, from a personal perspective, as a 50-year-old cis white male, um, if there's a problem, 
we're in it. Um, we are uh, part of it. And but I also think that your part should be part of the conversation. Like, it's not going to be useful to just cut everybody out that might potentially be in that category, you know? Agreed, I, I, I agreed but it's not an issue that mm. has ever directly... Im- yeah, it's never yeah, affected yeah, me. Yeah. Um, and my weighing in to it isn't, you know, I can't add um, anything that is meaningful to to a situation that is, you know, to, to me hidden. Um, uh, and, you know, but I encourage everyone to go read the, um, you know, we have been listening. We've been reading, um, it, it's, it's been reading everything that's sort of uh, come on our radar to try and be better aware of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the statement from the Independent Brewers Association, go and read it, read the articles uh, on that have been very well covered on the Crafty Pint. Um, and Claire will be doing a special edition of the podcast talking uh, to some women in the industry about um, their perceptions. Um, so that will be coming out as well. But yeah, just uh, it didn't want to... We hadn't. Yeah, we didn't a story want to ignore it. it, but we were trying to. I think we were thinking how to do it right. Certainly not ignoring yeah. it. But I know <laughs> read back through our notes. We did have we did have it um, slated for when we Last had to. Week, we yeah. ran out of time, but I think maybe three podcasts ago, um, it was in the below the fold notes. I was in the below the fault notes last week as well. Yeah. Oh, and well, I yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys were busy as everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah was running late to a meeting, so yeah, it was certainly not representative. No, it wasn't a good. It it wasn't a good (laughs) way to try to rush anything. No, No, and that and I think that's the important point, Pete. I think it's that this is obviously absolutely shocking and shouldn't be happening in the industry. But what we need to do now is have conversations about how to move off on, how to move forward, how to how to make changes in the industry that actually affect it. We don't want this to just be a flash in the pan. Oh, isn't this horrible for like five seconds and then just move on and forget all about it. Um, this is an important issue and we do need to discuss it and we need to deal with it right. So um, hopefully that podcast will address at least some of that. And um, yeah. So for I mean, those listeners wondering, Claire, when is that, uh, we haven't, it's not recorded yet? Not no, yet. Not we're in yet. the process yet. Yeah, we're in the process. It should be They're hopefully next week, up. fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what are we now with Thursday this week? So uh, check out, keep an eye out for we'll, early next week. On the, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll post when, when it's uh, up and ready. And if you're in Melbourne, um, you might need a, a few podcasts to sort of um, get you through <laughs> your uh, lockdown. Oh, Actually, um, speaking of which... announced as we're, as we're recording, but, you know. Oh, fingers crossed tuned. for everyone. Yeah, thank yeah. you for everyone in Melbourne. Um, but I, I just wanted to... Uh, um, just speaking of getting you through... Um, uh, just a quick, very quick shout out to Bradford Tetlow, um, who formerly of Lion, formerly uh, steward of the AIBAs. He, and judge. And, and judge. Um, he judge was promoted to quality manager at Camden Town Brewery um, in, in the UK. Um, with, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, um, that came up in my LinkedIn feed and uh, I just sent him a note. Um, yeah, looking nice. forward to when I can visit again, which is a, a great brewery. Um, and he, he replied to... Uh, this morning saying, you and Pete keep me sane on my 90-minute drive to work, Matt. So uh, um, lovely to see you. Where's he coming from France? (laughs) (laughs) How do you get 90 minutes from Camden Town? Maybe it's to and from. Well, it is driving in London. Maybe it's 45 each way and (laughs) it is pretty busy there. It is, yeah. I mean, it's built in an old railway yard, so presumably the train still goes over. Well, no, he would probably be at the new um, very, very, very flash. Oh, Where's that? I haven't been to that one. Oh, I... And I could be completely... Is Spitalfields north of London? Yeah. Okay, I, I think it could be there. That's... It's a bit out. That's where the markets is, isn't 
I, or I don't know. Field, it's on a canal. Beautiful, thing. beautiful. Because I thought that was in the East End. I was there in 2016, and I think I had one of the first, one, the, the first beers that they just commissioned um, in the system. But that was 2016, so it was. A few and years can ago I tell now. you too, just for those uh, who are not fortunate enough to have had Camden Town beers, and equally or even more unlucky to have not had them at the source. Um, quality control manager, I would imagine, would be one of the most important jobs at Camden Town because the beers are so bang on, but they are so subtle, nuanced, nowhere to hide a fault that quality control is absolutely paramount because the some of those beers I've had, I've just gone, I'm waiting for the one that's kind of, oh, yeah, yeah it's a bit sulfury or, oh, that one's a bit of, you know, whatever. Still haven't had one. They're, they're, they are all absolutely bang on point. We probably need to get on the news because we, we're verging into a uh, blow <laughs> the fold territory. <laughs> we do. Uh, and now we cross live to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of the stories making news in beer this week. And Claire, mm. don't know if you heard, but uh, Rattenhund won something. <laughs> First, and this was so funny when I saw it. I was like, Pete, did you have something to do with this? <laughs> I was really worried about how I was going to post it to social media because it looked like the fix was in. Yeah, it looks it, like we'd pulled some strings behind the scenes. Pete, Pete well, called I, it I, I a couple of like two weeks two ago. Days. I went out and bought some, said, yeah, everyone yeah, starts yeah. talking about it. But then... Trying Not only did it. it win the trophy, I presented the trophy. Um, yeah, because oh. it was because we sponsored the. Oh, um, yeah, of course we did. Pilsner category, and we promise it you wasn't. Get to choose, it's just, it's just um, they're, they're kind of divvied out, aren't they? You don't, you don't choose. No, we, 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 we chose the Pilsner award. category. Yeah. Oh, you did. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we we chose the Pilsner category uh, when we were asked because it was something that was appropriate, you know, um, felt appropriate if we were going to sponsor anything and there weren't any industry categories that we could sponsor that would have been relevant. Mm-hmm. And Pilsner was, you know, a little bit of homage to you. And, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, it's a category that I didn't think when we first started doing it was getting much love. Um, and it was once mm. I was sort of saying, look, we'll, we'll get behind the Pilsner category. Yeah, so, so I had to, I, I got the results, of course, a couple of days before so that we could, you know, practice our scripts and our pronunciation and, and all that sort of thing for the, the awards dinner. Um, you told me. And so I had to suppress a, a big shit-eating grin for two days <laughs> every time I saw somebody, you know. So, hey, prof, uh, giving away anything? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I don't know. I haven't got the, uh, I oh, don't get the results God. until, you know, five minutes before. Very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, but on to the news. Uh, yes, on the, obviously the news. Um, Dollar Bill took home champion Australian beer trophy for Gold Teeth, champion Victoria Brewers, Hop Nation, Bent's Boat, Cheeky Monkey, Deep Creek, a, a beautiful lineup, effectively. Um, some fantastic winners. Go check out the winners list if you haven't already. Awesome. And just on that, for those who weren't there, and this is not in any way blowing my own trumpet, but I do want to blow a bit of sunshine up the RASV skirt because the feedback on the the night, the, the presentation dinner itself, because um, for the first time, obviously, there were lots of international judges, lots of interstate judges um, who, who weren't able to make it, as well as exhibitors, sponsors who would normally uh, in any other year have been able to get there. So the RASV, to their credit, set up a, a Zoom uh, link that so people could live stream uh, sorry, so they live streamed it so people could could watch. And what that also gave us the opportunity to do with with the right time zones was to because uh, there's nothing worse in a, a big you know the industry's night of nights. It's it's the beers you know it's Oscars for for the beers. It's um there's nothing more kind of that, that flat spot that you know is going to happen when it's a, a, a Southeast Asian brewery that no one's ever heard of takes a major trophy and they're not there. 
to, to, to say we'll accept the trophy on their behalf and you kind of and it's all it's a bit flat there's when when somebody's in the room that's you know the, the best you know because everyone can can see them there and you can uh, pat them on the back and all that sort of thing mm-hmm. um, they were able to uh, cross live to the, the guys at cheeky monkey mm-hmm. um, twice because they won a champion trophy and then won a champion small Australian that's brewery I think one. it was yep. Um, so that was kind of 20 minutes and 15 beers later um, and we crossed back to the guys and they were, they were in very Could good form in the brewery. Could yeah. you tell it a few bit? <laughs> that's well, amazing. yeah, the um, smashing the empty can on their forehead uh, in unison was oh, kind of um, that's pretty impressive though. Yeah. Uh, but, but then the Goose, Goose Island Brew House in Seoul mm. uh, won the – one of the champion international brewery and they were able to cross to the guys and um, cool. it was just, the, the room just lit up. Like everyone was just, cause they, they were just genuinely uh, shocked and surprised and, and thrilled. And you could, you could just say like, so they could hear us, but we couldn't, we couldn't hear them, unfortunately. So we, we've still got a little bit of, you know, uh, tech oh, yeah. Yeah. to go through, but, but that looks like something that we'll be able to, to do next year. And to everyone, um, as I say, who was involved in the, in the organization uh, from, you know, uh, stage management down to catering and security and everything, I think just they absolutely nailed it. It was just a, it was a terrific night. So and just very quickly, the Palace Hotel South Melbourne has been notified as a tier one COVID site. Anyone who visited the Palace Friday, May 21, between um, 5.45 and 6.45 will need to get which tested. hopefully doesn't include the Battle of the IPAs that was held, oh. which I think was the Saturday. Because oh. I have seen a bit of, a few people saying, oh, well, that's, that's me out. You know, I've got to isolate now. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, if it was only the Friday night, I think, I think they had the, their good beer week event, um, the battle of the IPAs was on the Saturday, I think, but anyway, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, Claire, former director Please. moves to wind up Endeavour. This, yes. this story sort of come back again. <laughs> I know. And this, it's, it's a bit of a sad tale, this one really. Um, Matt has been covering this one, um, since the beginning really. Uh, so basically a former director of Endeavour has proposed that the company be wound up. There's lots of issues going on in the background, um, but the new board, um, so that doesn't include that former director, has rejected this motion. Um, And that was in a shareholders information presentation on Zoom, which was actually the first time uh, any investors from the crowdfund they did in 2018, I think, um, was able to hear any plans about you know what what their plans were um going forward they've had a lot of issues um sales not doing so well issues yeah with the and Matt, that's been one of your sorry to interrupt her but yeah. Matt, that's been one of your criticisms of is that communication with the the people who were involved in the in the crowdfunding or the equity the yeah the lack of transparency wasn't it yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, communication. Look at, we're going to see how it plays out, but there's obviously a lot going on in the background that almost, you know, pushes the equity crowdfunding um, to the background. Um, mm. You know, should they have done an equity crowdfunding when they did? You know, they seem to have run into troubles very soon after that. It, it, it'll all come out in the wash. But it, it you know, it, it, it's one of the reasons why we're a little bit when we cover equity crowdfunding, we, you know don't like to hype it and the, the the strategy for equity crowdfundings is announce the equity crowdfunding open expression of interest for the equity crowdfunding keep sharing how many people are registering their um, expression of interest for equity crowdfunding without any investor w- without any information yeah. other than just of saying hey we're awesome we're doing this get so on get it involved, yeah. start building hype fear of missing out then the day you know so the day that it actually opens that's when you drop your prospectus mm-hmm. so people aren't 
you know, and when you've created this fear that you could miss out on the, um, you're already pot committed. Mm. It's like now I've got to see the flop now. Oh yeah, well look, I, it, it, gee, if I take time to read this um, prospectus, I might miss out. So you know, th- there are cooling off periods and stuff like that. But yeah, like there's just something about it that seems a little bit um, contrary to. And then when something like this happens with Endeavor, you think. Right, so what's your protection if anything like this does happen? You know, there's no guarantee that that business is stable and will be stable in the next few years. And and there is an element of oh well, you know, we did we did say in the um, uh, prospectus, you know, buyer beware, and you know these are the risks that we face, and you know because <laughs> you have to put that is, in there. Well, yeah, like and <laughs> then pointing to that when you've you know given this very dreamy scenario mm. um but anyway look it we're waiting again but then there's part of you that there are some good people who are involved in this some nice people who are involved in this and you know quite apart from the business uh side of it you know family have invested in you know it wasn't just equity crowdfunders who bought in at a dollar a share in 2018 there were existing investors and the endeavor story was always three mates and their 35 friends have invested in it and it sounds like you know, There's only one left. Well, it sounds like you know that's fallen apart, and that's sad. You know, mm-hmm. like, and, and it's it's one of the things that you know, in in the industry, you see anyone who's planning a brewery has visions of sugar plums dancing in their head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how awesome the industry is, and things like that. And yeah. it's a very very hard business. Um, it's a hard business model. It's getting increasingly hard. Um, you know, as the existing breweries are expanding, more breweries coming on, you know, the brewery radar, which we'll get to, um, you sort of see how many are in planning. And just on that, Matt, just before we move on to the next one and some back into some good news, some really good news, um, I had a guy come up to me at uh, Gab's on, oh, geez, it might have been Sunday afternoon. Um, it's all kind of a bit of a blur. Um, I'm one, of the, I'm one of those guys, Prof. And I said, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, goes, God. You, you talked me out of a brewery, so I thought... <laughs> So he's he's bought and he's operating um, and look they they got the keys to the door I think four days before the first lock the big lockdown oh, God. Um, but bought a, a homebrew supplies shop um, and they're in country Victoria and is absolutely loving it oh yeah uh, that'll be doing well especially during lockdown well funnily enough Nick Leach who was the beer of the conversation this week um, brew stuff you know and I said in the intro to that that you know he's, he maybe goes into the ledger of people who we talked out of it because he'd gone off and studied brewing you know his wife was very supportive and then you know he, he was listening amongst other things to the, the stuff that we said um, but he had a background in HR and recruitment and said well something that the industry needs and we'll get to that in the mailbag but yeah yeah interesting so some good news Claire particularly for those people up your way or an hour north of Brisbane, a second venue and brewery for Brouhaha. Indeed. And probably good for you as well, Pete, because you might get a bit of Brouhaha down there now. Um, I don't think, from what I understand, they don't um, distribute outside Queensland it, right now. It doesn't so. fall this far. Yeah, no. exactly. But they will. What? Well, no, no, I was going to say, because did you see all of the chatter around you know, your mates, which is, again, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. tell Same. a story right, and then okay. we'll... Um... All right, and then we'll get onto it. <laughs> yeah, so obviously joining the ranks of um, expanding Sunshine Coast breweries, we've already seen Moffat Beach open a production brewery, we've already seen your mates announce that they are going to um, expand and have their own brew pub and production brewery as well, and now Brewhaha will as well. So they're based in Mullaney, which is um, inland a little bit, um, but it's also, it was interesting because I didn't realise there was such logistics logistical issues with getting things in and out of Mullaney, where they are now, I guess. Um, that's much more accessible. It's close to the Bruce. Um, it's a much bigger site. It was intended for eight tenants, and the it's a state development rather than a local council um, 
uh, area. So they were like, right, we'll come in brouhaha. And they brouhaha were like, well, we kind of need eight, the whole thing. Like we don't, we can't just have one or two. So they got that entire thing and they stopped building. They took out all the interior walls and stuff so that brouhaha could have this whole massive site. Um, and they've caught, they're planning on quadrupling production. Um, big 35 heck uh, kit. Alpha Brewing Systems, or Brewing Operations, I believe. Um, so, yeah, bloody brilliant. And um, I spoke to Matt, Matt Jankowskis. Oh, God, I'm good. Um, who's an absolute delight and a fan of the podcast. And um, he was very lovely about us as well, so clearly knew how to butter up the press. Before, uh... <laughs> well, uh, Matt, Matt, is, Matt is very good people. I, yeah, uh, he's lovely. I look forward to catching he's up so with sweet. him. He, he, we usually catch up with him uh, at the either at the Queensland Beer Awards or the Echo or whatever. And he did say that if it isn't on Bruise News, then it basically didn't happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> But also, and, and again, like it was a great story. Congratulations, Thank Claire. You. Because, you know, like we, when we cover these sorts of stories, it's not, isn't this awesome? These guys are getting bigger. You know, there's going to be more beer. It is looking at what is the business case. And, you know, I was fascinated that quite apart from, you know, knowing that they were a little bit landlocked because being in Mullaney, having, they had to, if they did ship beer out of Mullaney, they had to send it on a small truck and then aggregate it for <laughs> it a bigger truck. Like a um, but then also when they decided to move, they wanted to be in the same water supply area on mm. the Sunshine Coast so they could make beers. And, you know, as an industry um, publication, industry uh, podcast, those are sorts of things that I don't think a lot of people with breweries and planning would necessarily be thinking. You know, you go, oh, Mulaney, it doesn't have a brewery. Mm. I'm going to put a brewery up there. Um, and then suddenly you go, well, okay, well, this is something I need to consider if we're going to grow, if we want to grow beyond a... So, it was, yeah, congratulations, great article. Go read it. Yeah, yeah. nice one. Excellently done. Claire, alcohol ad restrictions are welcomed by the industry. Indeed. So, Alcohol Beverages Australia, the Brewers Association... And I think later on, retail drinks as well. Obviously, big organisations in the industry um, covering all sorts of different areas have welcomed a move from Google. Um, so Google, the end of last year, I believe December, announced that it was rolling out um, limitations to alcohol advertising. So you go in your ad settings and you can say, I don't want to see any more alcohol ads. Now, that has just rolled out globally in the past couple of weeks. Um, I think it's still in the beta testing phases, but they've obviously... and. No, I was a little bit surprised because they don't normally stick their head above the parapet, especially when it might be their ad spend that's you know going to be hit by it. But they were really positive about it and they supported it. Um, and it, I think it just shows that there is some willingness in the industry to give up a little bit um, to make, if if anything, to make themselves look better. If that's a cynical way of putting it, that's a very cynical way. What of was Fair's position on this, Claire? Oh, funnily <laughs> enough, I don't know if you remember Pete, um, but we took the mic hard out of fair uh last year i believe i think somebody sat down for an hour and looked at their instagram feed and was banging on about alcohol ads and how many they saw and it was disgusting and they shouldn't be have to they shouldn't have to see this many and all this kind of stuff so now they have um an option to get rid of that so i thought oh wonder if fair are going to be happy about this like surely they would something they were campaigning about uh so i asked fair i said do you have a comment and they were like we're not in a position to comment right now I don't know whether they were hanging from a cliff, but... We mm. haven't found an anecdote. <laughs> we, we didn't have an anecdote. We didn't have an anecdote. Um, so th- I thought that in itself was really interesting and just cemented what we always say about fair, that do they really care? No. Yeah, then again, do they not comment because we... You're, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a sure. A professional organisation still comment. Like, CUB exactly. always used to comment 
um, even when I was pillaring them as well. So, you know. <laughs> Until they got a little bit more choiceful about uh, <laughs> who they <laughs> yes. uh, I know, Yeah, okay. Uh, and I wonder if that – has that got anything to do – is that linked in any way to the removal of, um, you know, various uh, beer Facebook pages or is it uh, – No, I think that would be fa- – that's thing? more something to do with Facebook messing about with – it's yeah. settings and uh, stuff. No one's got the answer to that one, Pete. No. Yeah, Fa- I don't think even Boat Facebook Rocker lost, I was amazed at Boat Rocker lost theirs. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. So it's interesting, and we were discussing like what the impact of that in itself was on a business, but we'll park that and leave that for another day. Um, next. And Claire, before we jump into <laughs> a brewery radar, because there's mm. quite a few new breweries that we want to let people know about, what's in a name? What is in a name? Ten points if anyone can tell me what that's from. Do you know what's in a name? It's a famous quote. Oh, is it Rose by the other name? No, no. Oh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, well done. Um, hmm. Anyway, this is an interesting one, Pete. And actually, um, you prompted this one. Your pal Jimmy, who's a lovely chap, Jimmy Crackleberg, from Good Goodland Beer, Goodland Brewing Co. now. He obviously wrote into the show a few, oh, a few months ago now, asking what we thought about his original name, which was Locale Beer, which was spelled with a K. I think it was um, like a Dutch spelling. L-O-K-A-L, um, yeah, yeah, which is, which is Dutch, Dutch for yeah, the local. The local, yeah. So interestingly, I've actually spotted quite a few people who've had to change their names, either early stages, breweries and planning type, um, name changes or when they've just opened they've realised oh sugar um, you know we've got a similar name to somebody else all that kind of stuff so um, I thought this is a really interesting one we've had a couple of these how do we avoid these and so I spoke to Jimmy and I spoke to Richie Foreman at Red Earth Brewery in Northern Rivers they were Red Earth should I say they're Earth Beer Co now and that's because there's another Red Earth, um, I, think they're an alco- I think they're wine rather than beer, down in oh, Dubbo. Okay. And obviously Red Earth is pretty pretty a common name in Australia. It's well known. I think there's like botanical things and like hand lotions and all sorts of stuff that's named Red Earth. Um, mm. But they didn't think it would be an issue. They were like, oh, we're going to stay local. It doesn't really matter. Like, we'll be fine. COVID hit and they were like, oh God, we need to distribute and we kind of want to change our business model a little bit now that we've had these learnings, but this name issue is going to be a big problem for us going forward if we get bigger. And the expense with changing your name once you're an established business and once, if imagine if Stone and Wood had to change their name right now. It'd be an absolute but your website, right you know, like website. if you've got an idea for a, a brewery, mm. you know, check the um, IP yep. you know, registers, Google search to see if there are other breweries, even if they're not, Yep. Here, you know, see if you can get the domain name because that might give a hint. Even type Absolutely. the domain name in. Um, you know, it, it was funny even this week in Endeavour um, during at their. Um, oh thing, yeah. They yeah, yeah. indicated that because there'd been a clash when Woolworths changed its drinks to Endeavour Drinks Group, and initially they were going to try and coexist. A lot of market confusion. People assumed Endeavour was. A Woolworths brand mm-hmm. uh, as a result of that. And so they got a significant payout for their, um, essentially the brand confusion in the marketplace. It was in, in sale of the IP. Um, but then they looked to rebrand and spent quite a bit of money on the rebrand. And it turned out that that brand was apparently conflicted with another brewery already. Um so if you are starting a brewery, um, you know, do your research, save yourself a lot of cost and expense mm-hmm. and uh, headache 
That's it. Well, and as you mentioned, Matt, it's a, that brand confusion. If somebody, oh, I really love that brand, you know, X brand, mm-hmm. and then they go to look it up and, and they end up somewhere else. Yeah. Mm. And that's uh, why Jimmy said you. he changed his local because they're obviously we, I think we did it last year as well, a story about local brewing company, local spelt in the English spelling of it. And he was like, do you know what? We're okay from an IP perspective. Like we could go ahead with it, but why would we want to be associated? What if our, our beers happen to be on the shelves and consumers get confused? The spelling's different. Yeah. But it sounds, if you say, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll meet local you at local brewery. beer. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Some of you, you've got your yeah. mates turned up in a different brewery to you. Exactly. Um, potentially. But, um, and good uh, news too. I did bump into two bits of good news. So just really quickly, um, the local brewing company guys who uh, I don't think it's a secret now, so I'll announce mm. it. Um, but have um, put uh, some cash down on a place, so they'll be opening up in the um, at the brewery radar. Wonderful. Yeah, Clifton Hill, uh, Collingwood. So I think uh, oh, Molly cool. Rose, um, stomping ground, Bodrigi, nice. um, fixation in that kind of in in that area. Cool. So uh, opening up hopefully oh. by the end of the year. Like that. Like that little and scoop there. Thanks, Pete. Even better news, I got to meet Jimmy. Oh, did you? I was, got to meet now, Jimmy. This is, this is my <laughs> version of Matt's story. So on the Thursday night, obviously, I've got to look after my voice, so I'm going through lots of uh, bottled water. <laughs> yeah. And and here again, and I've got to shout out to um, uh, to Peter Jones Events, who, who did the whole um, – thing uh at, at the awards um we've got some room temperature and, and we've got some chilled water for you, there you so they were real looking after me but of course you know it's very difficult to get a beer afterwards all you want is you just want a beer so i got from the door and and matt you know where the where the silver bullet bar was where mm-hmm. they were um pouring the the gold medal sorry the champion uh beers after the after the awards it took me 45 minutes i ended up further away then, then I kept getting closer, and then somebody, oh, prof, great night tonight. Oh, how good was it? Blah blah blah. Um, anyway, tap on the shoulder. It's Jimmy. Jimmy Krickelberg uh, introduced himself. I said, mate, look, great to see. You. We had a bit of a chat. I said, mate, oh, sorry to cut you off, but mate, I've just got to get a beer. And then somebody else came over, and oh, prof, blah, blah, blah. two minutes later, I get a tap on the shoulder. It's Jimmy. He hands me a fresh, coffee, good pilsner. He goes. That's the Pilsner. And I've got, oh, <laughs> so Good it lad. absolutely made my night. <laughs> well done, Jimmy. So sorry to just throw that, no, interrupt no, you there, guys. Okay. But, uh, thought I'd better throw oh, that. I, I, I think below the fold is completely out the window today. Yeah, um, yeah, we've destroyed it completely. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> Brewery radar. Claire. Yes. Now, normally I don't put this on because it's not necessarily news news, but I worked really hard on this one. Me and Vivian, our journalist in ten, we it's a, it's a big one. We've got a huge list of like 140 breweries that you have to chase up and see where they're at and all that kind of stuff. And actually, like we've mentioned previously, it's really interesting to see how many breweries are setting up like it ties into a lot of questions we have are we going to get saturated um who's setting up the brewery why are they setting up a brewery lots of all these interesting things um so there's a few that sort of jumped out at me um, great to see uh bkvs yeah who, um, i thought you'd like that one Bolt charlie bamforth because uh, he did the he did the uh the course with charlie at uc davis yeah and uh when charlie came out here he um he, he spotted him in the crowd at a, an event that matt and i did um you know meet, oh, cool. meet the professor um <laughs> And he described it beautifully as the man with the best sounding name in beer, <laughs> Brian Kiss von Solly. <laughs> He's so accurate. Um, yeah, so Brian setting up Spangled Drongo in the Northern Rivers. 
which would be really interesting. Also down the road from um, Earth Beer Co., who we just spoke about in the previous one. And um, we've got a couple in Brisbane. We've got Northbound Brewing setting up in the Swan Valley with their own little hot farm. Um, there's just a huge array. Like, go and have a look. See if there's one in your back door. Or We're if not you're doing our job, Matt. <laughs> okay, they keep opening new ones. They're not listening to us. Or, or I know we're not doing a very good job. We're thinning the herd, Pete. Within the crocodile takes the last yeah, it man, helps. It last helps. person. <laughs> oh, um, and a shout out to our friends at Endeavour. Uh, Gone. <laughs> um, but no, oh, that was it. Go and have a look. And also, if anyone is setting up a brewery because we haven't done our job properly and put you off, let us then know. Let us know. Yeah. All right. Uh, very quickly, shall we jump below the fold? And because um, we do need to um, give special thanks to um, New Zealand Ale Trail, we do. who sponsor our mailbag. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do all the goodbye and everything. We're just going to straighten okay. up below the fold. So yep. head to <laughs> www.nzaletrail.com or at NZ Ale Trail on social media to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand. And we thank them very much for uh, their support of um, uh, Brews News Week and uh, sponsoring our mailbag. Uh, don't forget, you can uh, review us on iTunes. You can send us in an email to be in the draw for the letter of the week. You can also join our Facebook group. Um, just search Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox, which um, uh, uh, James Omond, I bumped into James was a guest at uh, Brewers and Chewers that I was hosting on Wednesday night. And um, so I jokingly sort of, you know, offered a, 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 an hour of his services as a, as a prize and he yelled out, use the password Soapbox. <laughs> no, he did <laughs> Uh, got a great laugh. So that was good. Um, oh, fantastic! So yes, uh, give us a uh, you know a, a like and subscribe and all that sort of stuff so that people can find this podcast. Now below the fold, what are we going to chat about? Um, well, how, how about we jump back to Bruhaha? Um, oh yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, you were going to say, Matt. So yeah, no, I, I was very interested to see the number of people who commented. Uh, your mates was at Gabs in Melbourne. Mm. Obviously, their expanded venue, they've got more beer out. They're putting more effort into getting beer into places that people were maybe a little bit unkind about them. And uh, the Steppy Brewers, who had that very funny video um, about um, Larry um, and doing so well, tried it and apparently got big thumbs up from them. So that oh, was interesting. Really? So having a bigger brewery does seem to uh, give you the ability to get your beer out there and uh, maybe other people get to share the delight that the <laughs> people who voted in the Hottest 100 um, experience. <laughs> and interestingly, Matt, so uh, I think Green Beacon, Bolter and your mates, I think we're the only Queensland breweries at Gabs, at uh, Gabs Melbourne. So it was good to see them mm. represented because it, it's, it's a long trip and it's a... Mm. Um, it's logistically, you know, and obviously they it's see a it risk. as um, yeah, at the moment. yeah, and obviously they see it as as an important, you know, part of their their growth, which is great. And the other thing that Claire touched on was the question that was posted in in oh, the comments yeah. about it. Shane, um, who said, "Is this a Queensland thing that you just open up a second venue?" And I think someone. Um, commented beneath that and I'm sorry I literally dropped out my head who it was but they were just like actually it's because you know there's limitations on the venue spaces there and that's that's hit the nail on the head for me I think is that you know you set up a brewery you think oh we're going to be all right like this for like five years and then actually if you grow astronomically there's no especially where a lot of these places are they're in smaller towns they're in industrial areas that are pretty strict really compared to other places like maybe on the outskirts of Brisbane or whatever um and they do have limitations on space they can't often just spread out to a warehouse behind them or warehouse next to them or whatever there's lots of established businesses here so the best option is 
to find a new venue and a lot of them have done it for multiple reasons um the Moffat Beach's production house is inland a bit it's not got the same audience as uh, the same customer base as its Moffat Beach brewery um the one at the actual beach um that's a lot of tourists that's a lot of visitors the production house is very much um Calandra locals it's very much people that work in that vicinity and I think that that expanding their customer base out is is part of the key um to getting a new venue it's not just well we're going for the same people we'll just go down the road or something like that mm. um yeah. it's very well and that can expose you to yeah to, to not just different um demographics like you know whether it's the you know high vis thursday after you know knockoffs or mm. whatever yeah. but it also gives you um gives your brand i guess d- multiple personalities that you can then transfer because some people might not want to go to you know the one at the beach when it where it's all the tourists mm. but other people might know i want to be i want to see and be seen and that that's where i want i don't want the you know the inland so it's it's you know it, it's, it's it's rather than just doing the same thing twice it's doing two very different things within your same brand which i think is a great opportunity if you can do it Absolutely. yeah um now AIBA wise, uh, mm. and we should just point out at, at this point that uh, we've got some thank yous to make um, as part of, um, I don't know if you guys out there have heard of Rowling's label stickers and packaging. They've been a long time sponsor of ours. And, um, have they we just done their ad to... already or was that just me talking about them? That was just um, Qantas stories with Matt Kierkegaard. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but they would like to congratulate all the winners who received medals and trophies at last week's AIBAs. As we said, um, part of Rowling's sponsorship of the awards, um, they presented the one of the packaging uh, trophies. Uh, brewers can now purchase rolls of 500 bronze, silver and gold medal labels for placement on um, products to promote their success at the awards, which is a really great initiative. Simply head to www.rellingsprint.com.au, click on the blog post or on the Rellings label stickers and packaging LinkedIn page, and you can take advantage of this offer. Um, and they've got some other stuff also relating to the 2021 AIBAs. As always, one three hundred eight five two two three five to discuss further. And when I introduced, because um, that was one of the ones that I had to read out, it was all I could do, Matt, not to not to <laughs> give the give the number out. Brilliant. All right. Uh, now, speaking of the AIBAs, beautiful um, segue into. Um, I guess some not well. Is it misinterpretation, misinformation, or a little bit of confusion? Um, Oh, Interesting yeah. that Royal Hayes, the highest rated independent WA beer at Gabs, so this is as in the Gabs Hottest 100, only managed bronze at the AIBAs, goes to show how very different the judging rationale of the two competitions is, said mm. a somebody from the Perth Beer Snobs Facebook page. Mm. Um, so probably worth having a little, a very brief chat uh, that it, it, it's not the same. It's not well, yeah, yeah. A, a consumer poll isn't judging. Yeah, it's, they're very different. Aren't I love they? this is my favourite beer, or the, this. I, is I love of, the bloke know. that makes it, so I love the beer kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, um, yeah, obviously the uh, uh, ARBAs are all judged blind. So, which, which, as I say, like big ups to to the guys at Hop Nation, not just for for their massive sweep of success in the four trophies that they picked up. But the fact that, um, you know, we banged on about Rattenhund as, as an, just as, as an example of what you can do if you take the time to, to brew a beer really, really well. And it was really nice to, to see that that also resonated with, uh, with the judges who didn't know they were drinking that beer. Mm, there you go. Oh, and, and I'm just going to shout out to uh, to Tina Punitzis and to uh, Justin Fox, Billy Ryan from um, Dan Murphy's, uh, who have I missed? There's two others on the, the, the advisory panel. Um, they'll come to me. Uh, Warren Pawsey is the one. And um, 
they introduced not just so they're always looking at ways to um, increase or improve or maintain or guarantee the integrity of the awards. So this year, for the first time, without letting any of the judges know, beers were sent out to tables within flights that had been dosed. So they were like test test beers. And when you say dosed, um, we're with flavor taints. Oh, so so yeah, so uh, had been deliberately tainted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that and and to see that 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 the table picked it up that it wasn't you know that we're not giving too many beers of the same style there's lots of different uh, things that it, it can sort of test uh, and it was good to see in the results you could see they're all sort of bunched together so I assume that means that uh, all the judges at the at the tables um, did pick them up because one of them everyone had given it a silver. Um, I, I didn't see the um, the comments and, and all the brewers get comments from all of the judges, which is then amalgamated into a general comment about, you know, as many different aspects of the beer as possible. And particularly with the silver medals, it's here's why he didn't get a gold. He, and so it might have been um, oxidised sample. Now, obviously, that wasn't a real, you know, a, a go back to the brewer, that, that, that was a test beer where they'd picked a gold medal worthy beer, maybe one that had already been selected as a gold medal beer by another table. It's then dosed with something that makes it taste uh, oxidised. So it's still a great beer, but it's no longer a gold medal. Mm. So I thought that was a really good way, just for those people who, you know, I guess, and there's there's, just, there's always this balancing act between uh, uh, medals for brewers or medals for consumers, you know, like where, what, what what's the importance of, yeah. what, of awards, the and particularly the AIBAs, yeah. because it is the world's largest annual um, beer awards that's, uh, but most importantly, packaged as well as draft. And it was interesting to see some of the beers that got higher medals for the the draft version, say, than the package version, because that can mm. perhaps identify, yeah, we've been talking about getting a new canning machine or yep. changing from bottles to cans. Mm. That might be the tipping point that you need. There was an interesting discussion that I heard uh, because there were a lot that both um, draft and package won gold medals, for example, and... One of the questions, and I sort of thought, well, you know, doesn't that show that they're consistent? Um, you know, they're making a good product and getting it out um, consistently well. And then the other viewpoint uh, that I heard was, doesn't that show the consistency of the judging? Um, because quite often, I think in wine judging, they'll send out the same wine um, under a, you know, um, a second time and see whether the judges score it the same the, the, second, the second time, time again as part of yeah. the, the, the calibration. I thought, well, yeah, look, if, if the same Particularly if it's, is, again, later in the flight. Mm. So, you know, have you, have you built up a bit of palate fatigue, particularly with, you know, hazies or hoppy beers? Um, there's a lot of us sort of saying, you know, gee, I'm glad we didn't have any more hazies in that flight. Um, <laughs> no, because it, it really... It what, in the Pilsner up. category? Yeah, no, we, had, we, well, we we did the right thing by all the brewers and we got up halfway through our table um, and, and just a bit of a walk around, some um, dry biscuits and afternoon tea or whatever, and then came back to them. Because oh, that one we're really noticing, it, it, it does build up a, a bit of a film on your on your palate. Mm. Mm. Okay. There we go. Um, shall we? Can we squeeze one more in or two more in? Um, yeah, no, we're doing okay yeah, for Tom, given how how uh, oh, cool. we loose yeah. to profile okay. we've been. Cool. Um, oh, we don't want to do Barry Cranston's one, do we? Uh, love the interview with Pete Mitchum. I believe there is no gateway beer. The generic gateway <laughs> beer usually leads to a barren, vacant yard. It's so shy. Each person's gateway beer is different, and that was yeah, um, and pretty much why what you'd said at your testimonial um, thing. So I'm glad that there are others that uh, agree. Nice one. Um, what about Dylan? 
Listen to the latest episode with, I think you mean yeah, Nick Leach. Nick Leach, yeah. yeah. Um, th- this is a good one. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'll go for it. Um, so Dylan says, um, some feedback after listening to the episode with Nick Leach today um, and skill shortages and getting into the industry. There really is a skill shortage across the industry, uh, industry especially with uh, international visa workers no longer around, which we saw with Alice Springs last week. Um, it's been an opportunity over the closures for people to find something different as a career. Um, Dylan's a chef. He's been trying to get into the industry with no luck, um, which is, and he said it's down to insurance, which I, which is an interesting one. I didn't. Well, if you're a volunteer, like if you're just there unpaid, uh, you're not. I don't oh, think yeah, you get work, but you're, mm-hmm. you're not covered by the employer's insurance because you're not an employee. Oh, okay. Um, when it comes to education, it's a funny pathway. Applying to Queensland TAFE for the six-month course seems to be very exclusive as you don't receive a word back when registering. Um, so he's left in limbo, um, getting himself onto the brewery floor um, just by saying he's a good home brewer. Um, after all, if I if someone applied to be a chef in my kitchen and the resume said they really enjoy cooking at home, it's essentially the same thing. Uh, that's a very fair point yeah. from him. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a pain in the <laughs> I ass, really but. rocked the ragu at home. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, uh, it says all uh, my fan- friends say I should open a <laughs> exactly, <yeah. laughs> A fantastic conversation and super details. Keep up the good work. Um, interesting and very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Steve Henderson, Hendo, mm. um, Rockstar Brewer, and also uh, TAFE teacher in Queensland, where um, Dylan had been applying. Mm-hmm. Sort of did weigh in and sort of say for every one of the twelve places, apparently there's eight applicants. Um, oh, that's good. So I think it's taken TAFE a little bit by surprise. Um, yeah, they are. Already. I think. June is the next intake Mm -hmm. Um, and it is hard and it's one of the issues that I know that the IBA is certainly on on their table and you know anyone who's got an interest in the industry because at the moment you know everyone's saying how awesome it is the the excise is going to see more breweries open in regional areas it's a skill shortage industry we can't bring people in from overseas um you know, it, it, it's not an identified skill shortage industry either. The number of brewers who have had to go through um, many hoops to even get international brewers on, um, uh, you know, ex- experienced brewers. And then you've got guys like Dylan who just want to get a start up in the industry. Um, and it's very, very hard, you know, without qualifications and without um, prior experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the, the flip side of it, people, there are people out there who will take upon Burley Brewing. Um, I think it was the Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show and their younger brewer, he won uh, the champion new brewer. Um, And he'd been brought in from like high school, had no... But he started on the packaging line. So that's the thing. so maybe that's the way in. That's the way in. So get in through the side door. Um, You probably won't get a brewer's job um, up front. um, Because... As he said, you you know, you've got a passion and an interest, but no track record. Mm -hmm. But there are worse things than starting on the packaging line because you learn a very important part of the um, process. Mm -hmm. And then you can also impress them. And you are an employee, so you're covered. And enthusiasm, you know, you demonstrate enthusiasm to employer and there's nothing that they won't do to some extent. It shows, um, and this is again from my hospitality experience. You can you can train somebody to do just about any um, you know manual function, whether it's you know it's, it's putting the labels in or it's you know loading the palletizer, uh, mashing in, mashing out, you know, 
milling grain, whatever, you can't teach people to, you've got to have those natural skills of being able to turn up on time, being reliable, um, asking questions if you're not sure, all those sorts of things. So um, when it comes to, I guess, your, your production brewer, your head brewer, executive brewer kind of thing, yeah, you need that science kind of background. Um but the people beneath you don't necessarily, you know, you can learn a lot of that along the way or prove yourself, um, you know, get some runs on the board and then do whether it be an IBD course or um, hopefully some other people see, you know, with other TAFEs around the country see what um, what Queensland TAFE's doing and, um, and replicate that. Yeah, that's it. Because like we say, it's limited and qualifications are obviously great and we want more of them and we're working on getting that as an industry. But like, they are limited at the minute, and if you can get in another way, then do it. Yeah, but good people make good beer, so they don't necessarily need to be, you know, microbiologists. You mm. can find yeah, find that person on the the packaging line. It could be it could be a you know a casual who works in your bar, and you mm. just notice that they've got a real passion for it, and they explain it, you know, really, you know, a brand ambassador for you. Mm. Um, I don't know whether are they going to be yeah, will there be many courses um, specifically designed to brew stout. Into the future, you think, guys? Oh, well, How's this? divided opinions on this, apparently. Very weird, well, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, CUB has confirmed that Cascade Stout has already been discontinued and they're, they're running down the, the – so they obviously don't know how to, you know, run a Dutch auction. Wouldn't you say we're going to stop and then get everyone to pre-order the last yeah, of it and then just it. keep brewing it and, and <laughs> pre-sold? Forever. It's yeah, like don't Cher's stop come back to us that she does every so often. And yeah. she said it's her farewell tour, but it's not her farewell tour. She'll do another I, one I, two, two years later. I'd, I'd be keen to, to uh, maybe Michael O'Rance from Sunday Road Brewing, who um, most recently was uh, well Goose Island and and Cascade. Mm. Um, I, I just have a suspicion, Matt, that the Cascade Stout is not the stout that it used to be. In fact, it may even be a lager well apparently <laughs> well, yeah yeah no no it, yeah, I, I, really? I believe it's a short spear um i i think so um but oh, no. at the same time it had a cult following and but then <laughs> cascade export stout which shares the same flavor profile as cascade is still selling well and it's mm. still available so um I, I, yeah I, oh, okay. I, I think it's a bit of a line rationalization more than anything but <laughs> what well, do they need the capacity for you know one of the other newer brands or would, would this be a CUB decision or an Asahi decision or a, it's just the numbers just Mate, don't would, add up? It, yeah, it would just be, you know, it, it's not selling. Do we continue to invest in making it if it's yeah. sitting on the shelves and, and not pulling through? And there's also, you know, Cascade's a brand that's suffering from malaise. You know, we, we've talked about that before. Um, had the chat with Antonio Chorchari, um, a couple, who was an early brand manager. Um, we talked about the first harvest this year. Um that was only available. That was brewed, only available on kegs, um, only in uh, Tasmania, um, and it was. It, it gave the appearance of being more a play around celebrating the ingredients and the local provenance of its ingredients, um, more yes. so than actually being a beer. Um, and it's one of the things that CUB has always struggled with a little bit is nurturing brands. Um, you know. Matilda you described Bay. it beautifully, Matt. The, they um, step on one plant to, in order to water another. <laughs> yeah, well, nice, nicely <laughs> Accurate, said. Yeah. yeah, no, and it, I mean that's only getting worse with the Asahi um, CUB merger because now they've got Bolter, Pirate Life, Green Beacon, Four Pines, um, as well as Matilda Bay, which they've yeah. 
given to the you know back to the original owner to, yeah, to yeah, uh, yeah. polish up the fenders, um, and then you know uh, they've got fat yak. Um, and then they're bringing back the old stuff like rashes and then they've got oh. rashes and yeah um, so they've got a huge portfolio and maybe Bolter maybe Bolter could um, could brew handsome Elvis as Cascade Stout. Yeah. <laughs> you there you go, or just nitrogen. Yeah, but anyway, so it, yeah, and and it, it it is a challenge that CUB, which has always been a big brand company, um, has always faced. So there will yeah. be casualties along the way, and. You know, well, it shows too, doesn't it, Matt? That you, you can't just brew a small batch of that. Like, well, no, sorry, our, our small batch at Cascade is, you know, however many hundreds of thousands, of, you know, tens of thousands of, of liters. We can't do a three and a half thousand liter batch every, you know, twice a year for those locals who are rusted on. That and and that's yeah. Like at, at some point, it's just uneconomic to mm-hmm. you know <laughs> look at Lion closing down the um, SA Brewing, you mm-hmm. know, the whole brewery, which had taken on the volume from Swan Brewery, which they closed down because there wasn't enough. You know, there, there comes a point when it's just not the, the, the rusted on... Economically viable. Yeah. This, yeah. So we think it's the brand then, not the style, because we've well, also Cooper's, seen... Yeah. Yeah, well, well, yeah so how is Cooper saying that, no, Stout's, Stout's cool? Yeah, apparently they are... I mean, Cooper's is always a funny one. I'll tell you what, Cooper's going to sell a lot more Stout once uh, Cascade stops selling theirs. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> this is one of the challenges, and I'm very conscious that we are now over the hour mark, but this is one of the challenges when you see a media release like that. The media release was actually about Cooper's putting its stout in cans, finally. Um, you know, after years after they showed the capacity to put beer in cans, they were the last kid to the party um, in the brewing world of putting their beer in cans. And, you know, when you're, sort of, when you're the 512th brewery to can your beer, um, you need a news angle to hang it on. And they're going, you know, stout's going through the roof. <laughs> um, and that's the angle that everyone's picked up on. And mm. then the secondary thing is, and now we've put our stout into cans. Um, I, I looked at it, I was, I was a little bit dubious. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, how, so how, so resur- resurgence is a relative term, you reckon, Matt? Yeah. Well, it's also winter, so stout is up. And Cooper yeah, is, you know, has an iconic stout. Like, it's one of the, it really is an iconic, the, Best extra stout is an iconic beer. Um, whether the research, you know, we'll, we'll wait the November sales figures um, when we yeah. see how it goes versus the um, originally named uh, Pacific Ale or the um, originally named XPA um, sales figures. <laughs> um, we'll come back and see how much stout has ag- absolutely grown. Yeah. Yep. I just well, don't mean to be bagging. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that's, that's why we didn't cover um, the, the Coopers thing because you never know whether it's just a – is it an ad for Coopers? Um, well, it is now. <laughs> well, it's not because we've discussed it as an editorial story. <laughs> no, true. That's true. Uh, sorry, Coopers – sorry, no, they did have a figure. Coopers did, Brewery yeah. sold 3.7 million litres of stout in 2020, a rise of 10%. That's quite a lot. Okay. Despite a pandemic-led drop in keg sales. Well, I wonder is is is, put it in is stout an older person's drink, and maybe they discovered or rediscovered it um, during lockdown when they said, "Well, I better get some stuff delivered," and, and maybe it just popped up. Who knows? Also, this says uh, stout will be available in cans in liquor format in four packs and cartons. It's still available in bottle format and on tap. Does that mean it's not in cans yet? Yeah, yeah, no, 440 mil cans, limited edition 440 mil cans. Oh, uh, right, okay. 
Sorry. Oh, Cooper's Marketing and Innovation Director, um, <laughs> because their innovation is there, um, said that more people are now enjoying stout, either on its own or as a mixer with lemonade, ale, champagne, vodka, cream liqueur, rum oh, or whiskey. gross. No, Ooh. look, don't go beef and ale pie. Yeah, stout, male pie. Throw a dollop of ice cream and some frangelico in, and you got a oh, okay. You, you got a stout. Right. Um, I mean, I'll try it. I'll try it. How about that? Okay, done. That, that's your that's your quest for this week. Oh, but anyway, look, it, 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 would you for a change? Would it kill you? Back, <laughs> back to the point is, I, I think it does come to, down to brand on on some level. Mm, um, you know, yeah. Cascade, best known for its Cascade Light these days. Yes, a shame. And on that note. Uh, probably a good time to wind up, Matt, because as you point out, the um, clock on the wall says that we've been going for over an hour. So sorry for all of those who are sweating their bag off out there and uh, have run an extra 15 minutes. And well, we had to get Bradford to work and half the way home. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and g'day to Bradford. And uh, and thanks to everyone who came up and, and said hello during, and I'll speak for Matt as well. Yeah, whether it was uh, during Good Beer Week, the awards, um, all the different events, gabs, everything, um, it, it, it really is heartwarming to see so many, um, so many t-shirts around, Matt. I can't um, believe that. So crazy. <laughs> I think sales might, uh, <laughs> might might pick up now because a few people go, "Oh, where, where can I get one?" Just go to the website. Look on the right hand side. You'll see a link. <laughs> Thank you also to Cry Malt, to Relling's label stickers and packaging, and to our good friends at New Zealand Ale Trail for making all this possible. Thank you to you, Matt. Thank you, Pete. It was good to catch stay up. Stay safe, mate. Stay so safe and well. We're thinking of all of our uh, Melbourne listeners um, as we yeah, wait for that. Yeah, uh, the day after we've just booked uh, some Sunshine Coast holidays for um, uh, the school holidays, but we'll see. You. I'm going anyway. Um, <laughs> thank you very much to you, Claire. Cheers, Pete. You guys have a good week. Until next week, this has been Good Brews Week. I've been Pete Mitchum. Drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other, especially if, if you are in Victoria. And if you are in Victoria, wash your damn hands and wear a mask. And wear a mask. <laughs> Do as you're told. <laughs> And we're out. <laughs> that was good, Pete. We definitely missed the wash your hands thing. Oh, shit. I'm supposed to be doing boom. Yeah. <laughs> Do the line, Do clear. <laughs> okay, okay, hang on, hang on. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer is a conversation.